بسم الله والصلوات والسلام على رسول الله واهله واصحابه اجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله وبركاته We're going to start off this episode we're going to talk about ayub alayhi salam Okay so we're going to talk about that right. We're going to start it off with ayub alayhi salam We're going to start it off with the only topic of this episode. This is just to provoke some my uh provoke thoughts in our minds provoke thoughts ideas conversation Do you know what happened to ayub shall me let me explain Long story short he sick lost all his family but he called Allah by his mercy and Allah responded to him Okay that that's a little too simple bro like you have to the, But go, is Islam go, not little, simple the, brother It's hey, simple, but there's Islam is simple listen, is that simple listen. But that's not that's not all it was though don't downplay his struggle man It was yes Because the patience yes you yes you can't yes. down you can't downplay a struggle yeah, The struggle is not simple the, the, but Prophet Ayyubah he said he went through something well I mean all prophets went through something but this man he was literally tested with something so severe that he literally lost everything He mm. had He had an, an illness that lasted years upon years. He lost all his family. Mm. You know, he lost all his wealth. He was actually a very wealthy man before uh, he was tested by Allah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he pretty much had everything in life going for him the way that he wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. And then Allah, out of his mercy, tested him by taking it all away from him. Mm-hmm. And through all of this, this man never wavered. This man never like turned away from Allah. He never turned to other than Allah. He called Allah by his mercy. And calling Allah by his mercy... It's probably one of the greatest things that you could do because through that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala restored everything for him. So restored his family, restored yeah. his wealth, restored his health, everything. Everything that he had before he ha- he got it back. So what would you characterize Ayub as? What characteristic would you give him? Patient. The patient. Exactly. One. That's See, we're all, we're on the right track. Exactly. And who does Allah love? Allah is with the patient people. Allah loves, loves the, the patient. patient. Yeah, Allah who Allah is with those who are patient upon Allah. Allah sabirin. Yeah, in Allah like Think about this, man. Like this is something good to talk about. Pace or patience. Patience exactly. the struggle. Finding beauty in the struggle. Because there, there is beauty in the struggle. What would make it admirable if there was no struggle? Nothing. Nothing. There would be exactly. no honor in it. There would be no honor in no man, struggle. Look at, look at, nah. <laughs> look at I'm going to bring this up. Look at Zuko in Avatar Last Airbender. <laughs> this man tried to find his honor, went through everything. Lost his, lost his family, lost his mom, lost his dad. His dad didn't care about him. His dad didn't love him. And he still found honor. He still found honor in the struggle. Look at us, you know, us as Muslims, we find honor in our struggle because we understand, you know, the struggle, that our struggles the are not struggle for nothing. Is, you know, it may it's, be a trial from Allah. It Muslim serves a purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we understand like whatever that we go through, it's either an expiation of sins, it cleanses us in in some way shape or form or hires our rank in the in the hereafter or even in this world. Mm-hmm. Like so it's like things go without nothing goes except that without benefit. Except with benefit. Dude. Just look at the benefit uh the benefit a person brings when he's always patient. Mm-hmm. Like I've had a lot of comments even about myself like oh you're so patient and like that's just something that I like and I'm just like <laughs> you know or yeah. even so in day day to day interactions if I were to explode on every single person that did me wrong dude I'd be thrown in jail. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told like don't downplay someone's struggle and I'm like man I would never downplay your struggle. But your struggle is not something you got to wear on your sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like if we're talking about the story of Prophet Ayyub did he wear his struggle on his sleeve? Did he go crying out to other people like, "Look what I'm going through! Look what uh, yeah. God has put me through! Like, look at the way I'm struggling, looking, uh, seeking attention for what he's going through, crying." Did any online. of the prophets did he do go this? on social media yeah. and cry online? Like, no, yeah, none of the prophets did this. Your struggle should not define you, and it should not be the first thing that someone knows about you. Oh, like. <clears throat> Well, um, when someone's identifying themselves or like imagine like they're talking in a group setting 
uh, I saw this on, like on a podcast when someone, uh, a woman was like, oh, but I'm a black woman. And, and then she goes on to describe herself like, why is that the first thing that you mentioned about yourself? Is that all you limit yourself to? Are you mm -hmm. not much more than that? And like, it's like she identifies herself as the, as a struggle. And like your, your struggles don't define you. It's like being born, you claim to be born with a struggle. Not even just that. A lot of people even nowadays, they don't want to hear anything about that. Like, dude, nobody cares. Like, yeah, like everyone, everyone at the end of the day, everyone has their own struggles. And, and it's all it's all like retrospective to yourself. Like, if all if us three were to put our problems problems in a table, we would all like take our problems back. Like, I don't want this person. I don't want this person. Probably. And that, and it always goes down to like the deep human, deep human thought. Like, everyone has these thoughts and everyone has these these struggles. It doesn't matter who you are. Because usually, usually when someone goes through a struggle, they only have their own measurements you know they only have it to uh compare against their own struggles mm -hmm. meaning like even if someone else has gone through this maybe it's not as severe as what they went through mm -hmm. until you start talking to other people until you put your problems on the table with other people and you hear what they have gone through and if it's more than what you've gone through you're sitting there like yo what the heck what am i talking about like i'm i'm, I'm just gonna take my problems exactly. that's, that's why you that's why you look myself. at that's how you look at lows lower than you and that's why social media is very dangerous because um uh, Emmanuel Wallerstein, he's the sociologist who came up with the social, um, the relative social income theory. Like, you, no matter how much money you make, relative to other people, say um, someone's making more to you, more than you, relative to other people, you will still feel emotionally yeah, so like it's um, just like people who worse. make five figures, they'll surround themselves with people that make six figures, they can still feel sad. Mm -hmm. Or people that have six figures, they'll surround themselves with millionaires. And then those people will feel broke. Mm -hmm. And the millionaires will surround themselves by, with billionaires and then they'll feel broke. And, and the billionaires like with mega billionaires will still feel broke because, you know, they don't have what they have, even it's though you the, literally have so much. The relative income, theory, like, and exactly. And then look at social media. At social media, you're seeing the, the literal bio of everyone's lives. Like the little, the only the good meat and juices of everyone's lives. And you don't see any, any struggle that they have gone through, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's a false image, a false interpretation, yeah. a false interpretation of how life is. And it makes and it makes people go into the depression. Like this is like, you see it now, like subhanAllah, you see it right in front of your face. It reminds me of my job when I used to be surrounded by non-Muslims and they'd look at me and they'd see like, oh, like they, they'd watch me go and pray. They'd see that I don't listen to music. They'd see that I'm listening to Quran while I'm on the clock. And they see that, like, I'm very patient with other people. I'm very nice and stuff like this. And then they talk to me. They'd be like, yo, I got a lot of respect for you. Like, how do you do all this? Or how do you not need uh, this in your life? Like, you don't smoke. You don't drink. You don't commit zina. Like, how do you do all these things? I'm like, man, I got a connection with God. And they'd look at me. And they they might feel lesser than me. And I'm telling you, like, bro, this is it's not something hard to achieve. Like, this connection with Allah is free for you. Like, <laughs> there's no price for you to pay for what I have what I have to do. You might have to give up some of your desires. But I'd rather do that and have the connection with Allah than have my desires and not have Allah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. It's like it's kind of similar to what you're saying. Like people are just surrounding themselves with people who might be better than them and then they'll feel sad about it. And like me, I'm not better than them, but like I may have something they don't. I have a purpose. You know, I understand my purpose. I was talking to someone recently and they're like, and I was like, yeah, everybody has a purpose in life. But see, some people might not be able to figure it out because, you know, they've turned away from the one who created them. And then they were like, really? Everyone has a purpose? And I'm like, yes. Because if, if you didn't have a purpose, purpose, if you didn't have a purpose, then why are you here? Could you imagine how depressing it would be to think to believe that you didn't have a purpose? I just kill myself. Like, what, what, what would I do? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it really is because like, in reality, what are you living and for? Right what are you the, suffering for? Yeah, exactly. Like this, at the end of the day, this is still dunya. Like, not everyone is going to have what they want. Mm -hmm. and, that's and that's reality. Well, you see purpose and status because 
what how come you can differentiate between someone who's wealthy and someone who's poor how come you can differentiate between someone who's blind and someone who can see like these things these are not like on accident like these are decrees from almost part of that this is a purpose you know the person like uh like we said before most of the people who were following these prophets at the beginning were poor people these were people who didn't have much to lose yep but they had everything to gain but see the wealthy people like the people of Quraysh, they may have been stubborn and arrogant at first to, you know, follow the message of the Prophet because they had status. Mm -hmm. They had wealth. They're like, like they had like the people of Mecca. They had Mecca. They didn't want to lose that. They would have lost it. They would have lost their uh, their power if they had given in to the message of Islam. So they, they decided to fight the Prophet for it. And what happened? They lost. Because they, like, like, they were fighting with even, no purpose. Even a current day uh, billionaire that uh, that I know, his name is Grant Cardone. He talked about when you're when you're broke and you have no money, you want to hustle. Like you're just like get it on. I really have nothing to lose here. But once you hit that first million, you feel like you're broke now because you're just like you start going into a conservative mode because you're like, oh, I gotta save everything. You know, I can lose it. I got the million now. I can lose. It. I don't want to lose it now. And then that's when you start like shutting everything out around you. And this right here is obviously very dangerous, right? Because you know when something good uh, when something good comes to you, you're just like, no, 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 I don't want it. Like I just gotta protect whatever I have here. You know, there's nothing more to it. There's not nothing less to it. Hasty, subhanAllah. And that's why Allah says in the Quran, mankind is at hasty in nature, subhanAllah. Let's even talk about like a few of Prophet Musa Aisam's um, enemies, Qarun and Fir'aun, two people who had wealth and status. What does Allah say about Qarun in the Quran? You know, a dude who he had such a beautiful voice when reciting the Torah, but he became arrogant and he became a hypocrite because he thought all the wealth and knowledge that he had was from himself and that Allah would not have granted it from uh, to him if he didn't want it. Or if he didn't, if Allah didn't want him to have it, I mean, he, he he gave no thanks to Allah. He was like, oh, if Allah didn't want me to have it, he wouldn't have given it given it to me. So it's like he got it himself. And and then what happened? The earth swallows him. And Allah says in the Quran, where there were people before him who had more power and more wealth and more status than him, mm -hmm. but yet he doesn't like he doesn't he's not heeding to this message. Even even today, do we not see that? Do, any rich person, any person in power, any nation, do they not see the ancient societies that were before? Look at the ancient Egyptians, how how magnificent they were, how magnificent their societies and we were. We can't even copy that. We can't even we can't even copy them. And we still trying to understand how the, the great pyramid of Giza is built. We're still trying to understand this. But where are they now? Dead. Gone. Perished. Keep going. But you understand the point and this is this is a claim that the Quran made like do they not see what happened to those people before them and does this not make them think does not make them take heed or are they arrogant or are they, are they somehow different in nature how are you different explain to me or like, like even like uh what it says like the people of the mood like do you see any signs of them today like these people were destroyed completely, er <laughs> completely erased and where, where are these people now like, they, they they had such a they had such heavy arrogance, and now exactly. look, That's look, where I, look where it ended them. Like at the end of the day, like you know, you're you're gone. That's what I was gonna bring up. The point is arrogance. Arrogance is the enemy of patience, which we brought up earlier today. Like someone is arrogant and ignorant to the fact that God gave them everything, and then uh, God gave them everything, like things that you couldn't even comprehend. And then once they don't get that one thing, or they they don't have enough patience, like they're too arrogant to have patience. But they're like, no, 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 I'm too high. I need this right now. No, nah, because like, like, look, even like look at it like from a personal perspective, like I even like used to have like friends where like, I would do like the most that I can for them. And like everything that I could give them, I would do, I would do it. 
But then that one time I couldn't give them something, it's like everything else like didn't matter. And it's, it's just like enough. you were ungrateful. Like and like indeed, like mankind is ungrateful to their Lord. No, that's crazy how you know kindness can like even make you feel guilty. Like I remember I used to give people rides and I used to I, I didn't charge for gas money. Cause you know, I was just being nice, you know, I'll give you a ride if you need a ride, even though I'm not going to where you're going. Mm-hmm. And then the one time I couldn't give someone a ride, it felt like, you know, they were upset with me or something like that. Or like they resented me. And I'm like, yo, hold on. Bro, like I, I can't give you, I, I can't help you right now. Like, what do you want me to do? And then the, um, these are the same people who have either turned away from Allah or they don't know Allah at all. And I'm sitting here like, man, see you, you guys, like you guys are ungrateful. You guys are not only ungrateful to me, but you're ungrateful to the one who created you. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here, like, I'm doing something nice for you. I'm doing it out of the kindness of my heart for free, you know, for the sake of Allah. But then when when I can't do it, you're sitting here and you're resenting yeah, you me, you're resenting good. me. Resent, like, these are for people who resent their parents if their parents can't do something for them or if their parents tell them no. Like, when you get told no, like, those are those people who they grow up with wealth. They get everything they want. As soon as they don't get what they want, they resent their parents. They they show hatred towards their parents. That's That's so, like, disgusting yeah, he's so ugly to see like just imagine like the people who brought you up and you you know they, they can't come for you uh the the one time and it's just like it's it's the biggest deal in the world i mean it's kind of crazy to think about it. it's like what i brought up in a previous podcast episode before it's like if a man can't like uh treat his mother right what makes you think he's gonna treat you right and mm-hmm. vice versa the same thing if, if a person can't be grateful to their lord like he, he's gonna be grateful he's not gonna be grateful to mankind and v- vice yeah. versa and obviously if he's not loyal to his lord like how you think it's gonna be you're gonna expect loyalty from him like man you cat like <laughs> I, it's crazy <laughs> well i'm not gonna lie to you bro whenever i go through a struggle you know shaitan shaitan is strongest when you're as strongest when you're struggling no, because no, no, i want to like you brought, you brought up shaitan I like a, I think it goes over a lot of Muslims' heads that Satan is a clear enemy declared by Allah to humankind and that we don't stay like we don't seek I feel like a lot of people they don't even like think about this on a daily basis. He's a clear enemy to you. And then okay, continue your point. And look, I was you gonna add Satan, on to the uh, point when you have hard troubles. Well, you go for Shaitan, he's very patient. Like he'll sit there, he'll wait even up to your deathbed to try and get you to commit kufr or sit there and no the, shit. the proper term is persistent or persistency you know at the end of the day he's gonna try to execute what yeah. he needs to do mm-hmm. go ahead okay yeah persistence that's actually a good word to, a good way to put it shaitan is persistent because even when you're doing good he'll try to get uh, get at you when he can't he'll wait for you to he'll wait for something to strike you a calamity to strike you mm-hmm. and the reason why calamities from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are a test for us, you know, a test of our faith, are a test for us to see if we'll turn to Allah is because that's when shaitan will be able to come to you and he'll be able to say like, he'll be able to try to convince you that he can turn you away from this calamity. He can make it better for you. Temporarily, obviously, he can promise you things that are fake, like beautify things that are not good for you mm-hmm. in a way for you to turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whenever I'm struggling, I can feel that. Like, this is subjective, obviously, but I can feel this. Like, let's say... Uh, if I'm really sick, I'll be sitting there thinking like, damn, why am I sick? Like, come on, man. Like, I, you know, I'm a healthy person. You know, I do, I do my things. I pay my, I pay my taxes, bro. Like, I pray <laughs> five times a day, like this type of stuff. But then I like have to, I'll sit back and I'll think, I'll be like, nah, this is, you know, that's Shaitan speaking. That's not me. You know, this is not, this is not from, from my own nefs. Like this is West West. Shaitan telling me like, 
you shouldn't be sick right now. You should be good, chilling. Like, why is Allah making you sick? These types of He's gonna in, implement these types of thoughts into your head so that you start questioning your Lord, questioning why Allah has put this calamity upon you. What do you guys consider to be like a calamity? Hold on, let me add on to this. Shaitan also likes to strike. What? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. What's the issue? All right. Anyways, but yeah, the Shaitan likes to um, especially strike at the times when you feel the most lonely because. Uh, it's just the best time to strike, you know. Like, for example, a sheep, a sheep in its in its group is not going to be attacked by a wolf. But a sheep that roams off by itself, that's the one who's going to be attacked by the wolf. And the same thing with the shaitan. You know, if we're not surrounding ourselves with the with the best people or uh good people around us, the shaitan will, will uh will come and attack us because we're in our, our most vulnerable state right now. We have no one there to remind us about Allah. We have no one there to uh to keep us in check. Okay. Now I'm gonna bring bring up your point your point back again. What do you guys consider to be a calamity? Well, are you gonna differentiate between calamity and hardship? Like, what would you consider like like what like what are your thought process when going through a calamity? How would you identify that thought process? Well, understanding that this is something out of the ordinary. Like for me, it's one of those things where it's like, dude, what the heck am I even doing here? Like, what's my even, like, when I start questioning myself and I, que like, start questioning reality. And that's why, you like, you say, like, Shaitan, like, he'll always come to you when you're at your lowest point. Why? Because that's the, that's when you're most easily movable. But, like, because you always hear it now, like, change is always apparent when you're at your lowest point. That, like, when you're at your lowest, that's when change happens. Mm -hmm. But, like, change is not always something that's good. Yeah. Change can be bad. Like you just said, Shaitan, Satan will come to you at your lowest point. And so it's, like, that... Those are the ultimately the, like, the battles of this world, those pearls that are in this, like this dunya that you can find faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and like actively choose, even though you're at your lowest, you choose, like you just say, Alhamdulillah. Like, remember that time you got into a car accident uh -huh. and you told me, you called me, you said, Man, Alhamdulillah, man, subhanAllah. And that, that was it. That was the comment. Like, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I, I say SubhanAllah, but like, I, I get out the car, I'm laughing. You know, it's, it's not even like I was going to sit there, I was going to cuss this lady out for, you know, running the stop sign or anything, because I'm just like, I, I understand that, like, this is only temporary, like, better things will come. Mm -hmm. Like, whether that be here or later on, and I ended up getting exactly what I wanted. And more than that, like, I was, I was very content. And like, I, I remember, like, right before the car accident, I was, I, I had, like, watched a video reminder, it was talking about, if a person is very thankful to Allah, in the slightest way, he doesn't even need to say Alhamdulillah, but if he's grateful, then Allah will always increase them. And like, I really like took them, like it, it stuck with me so that I was just like, wow, like I'm, I'm very like grateful for what I have. And then I lost my car and then I ended up getting the better one that I was always looking at. Like it's, it's I'm subhanAllah, it's crazy how things like that work. This is something crazy because <clears throat> when you go through something, there's, there's two ways you can go about it. You can understand like, okay, this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, something good, better will come out of it. But the thing is, when you think like that, don't think like, you know, the better thing's coming tomorrow or it's yeah, coming yeah. in the next yeah, hour or something patient. Like that. So that's where, that's where the subtle comes in is because, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will put you through something and you may not get like, you may not get what you want right away, but the better thing will come eventually. See, that's, that's where like, you know, the patience of Ayyub Ahisam came in. Like he lost, he lost everything. He probably, uh, he didn't know that he was going to get it back. But, you know, calling Allah by his mercy, understanding that, you know, this is all a trial from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, he was able to do that, and then he was able to patiently wait for, you know, the decree of Allah to come and to re restore everything that he had before. 
And I guarantee you, him losing everything and then gaining it back would have felt way better than him just having it the whole time. Yeah, because be- then you you learn to you learn to be thankful for stuff. Of you learn course. to have shukur. Yeah, and like this this is always a good point to bring up because it's just like the one who who always grew up rich and the one who like who struggled his whole life to get rich. Who's going to appreciate the wealth a lot more? Obviously the one who struggled for it because they know what it's like at the bottom. They know what it's like to to struggle and you know they always say like it's not the 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 destination that's the best part but it's the journey itself because mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 where you grow the most. It's where you change the most. It's where you start feeling like, you know, the best. Like imagine if life actually had no hardship. Like, be a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> exactly. Like if, if life if life didn't throw you any curveballs, bro. And it's ultimately that hardship that makes Jenna worthwhile. Yeah. Like, like subhanAllah, like going, it's a, it's what makes the hardship worthwhile too because you have patience knowing that better things are coming no matter what. <sighs> okay. Yeah, you know, you know, good things are coming. But see, if you didn't have no hardship, if you, if life was never throwing you a curveball, if life was never kicking you sometimes, then who would you be as a person? You literally just be someone who went through nothing. You'd have no uh, nothing. Substance. You had no personality. There would be nothing to like who you are, because you'd have nothing to say that like that shaped you. If everything in your life was good, because then everybody else would look at you and just be like, yeah, okay, you have everything made out for you. And that's how some people do look at things. Like even, even the wealthiest of people have to go through stuff. You know, there's a reason why a lot of wealthy people will start feeling depressed or un- unmotivated with their life. Because yeah, you've achieved the stuff that you wanted, but it's not fulfilling because you're not, you're not achieving your purpose. You know, see like if you look at a, a lot of wealthy Muslims, you know, Muslims who are upon the truth, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of them, they donate so much of their money. But how much can like, when you look at something like that, you understand they they take this wealth as, you know, it's Allah's wealth. This is wealth given by Allah. And that's why you donate it because, you know, this is Allah's deserving of like, Allah's deserving of that. This is an act of worship. You know, giving your zakat or giving your sadaqah, this is an act of worship. You know, you're showing your thanks to Allah, showing your shukr once again. You know, with the patience will come the shukr because you'll have the, the ease from the hardship. And it's even like, uh, some people they'll be afraid to like they'll be afraid to give like their salakat like or voluntary uh, money because the, of the temporary decrease in their like account or in their wealth. But the Rasulullah says there's no one who gives in charity except that uh, it, in, it increases. Like, no one ever loses wealth when they give in charity, yeah. and it's like that that patience. You just realize like patience is such a ultimately big thing. you're just investing in jannah. You're investing in your akhirah. You're investing in. Uh, your reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The thing is, even with me, whenever I give sadaqah, I'll see like, I'll either get the money back uh, increased or I'll get other stuff. And I like, I won't notice it till later, till I've till I reflected. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. This could be like, you know, this is obviously a blessing from Allah, but this may have came from, from such and such, from me donating this or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's those types of reflections that show me like, see, indeed, even with, even at the times that, you know, um, like anytime I'm just doing something for the sake of Allah, good is always coming out of it. Like nothing bad comes out of doing something for the sake of Allah. You know, if I were, if you were to lose a job, Allah will replace it with a better one. If you just turn to Him, but if you turn to other than Allah, how can you seek to do better? How can you seek to be in that live a fully happy life, live a fulfilled life if you're turning away from Allah? Mm-hmm. If you're turning to other than Allah whenever something afflicts you. you now that's why I say, like I understand there are struggles out there. 
But the Prophet said for a reason to look at those who are lesser, lesser than you. Like, don't look at your struggle and think that you're going through the worst thing that a man could possibly go through. There are people who have gone through less. And if oh, you more. have if more. anything, or yeah, who have gone through more. And if anything, the Prophet went through more yes, than exactly. anything that you could think about. And let me tell you something. Think about how many times the Prophet uh, said that he wished he had his parents around. Or he wished he had so-and-so around. Or he wished he had this. He wished he had that. You won't find that. Because what did he do? He preached Islam. He preached the message of Islam. And obviously the plan of Allah did not have his parents uh, involved in that. And that's why he, they were taken from him. His children were taken from him. All except for uh, one. But see, like, these types of things, look at what he had to go through. And he, you don't see him complaining about it. You don't see records of him complaining about it. Or you don't see him giving up just because he something hard afflicted him. But you know what you can't see? There are reports of him extreme that crying perseverance, for the ummah. Extreme perseverance, extreme persistence. Like you just said, reports of him crying for the ummah. And for people that he hasn't even seen yet. Seen or met. Or met yet. Like, think about the selflessness of this person. Or he didn't not, he didn't, like, he didn't even, he didn't go and say to someone, you don't know my struggle, you don't know my birth. Like, like, come on. He, he is the epitome of pristine perseverance. Just, and like, like, subhanAllah. Just looking at who the Quran was sent to. I mean, just the Quran was sent to him. He was given the message. Why was why was the message given to him? What does that show uh, show us? What does that show us about him as a person? Shows that there was no one who could who could bear the message except for him. Or bear, like he bared the weight of the Quran, the yeah. bared the weight of revelation. Well, he was a messenger. He was a prophet. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. See, and with Allah. with that, like. <laughs> Those are things you have to understand that even that was a struggle. Him having to receive revelation because he didn't choose that. Allah chose him. And he had the free will to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at any time. But he didn't. He chose to convey the message and he chose to do it in the most perfect manner. And that's the decree of Allah. But that's not, Allah didn't make him do any of it. You understand? Like, And Allah makes this evident in the Quran that had he made up lies, yeah, Allah would have destroyed him. But he didn't make up any lies. And that's why he was able to complete the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's just something to think about because I know I've I've said it before about like you know the struggles like oh yeah everybody wears a struggle on their sleeve like they say you don't know what I've been through I understand I don't know what you've been through but see when Allah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts you through something you already know He knows exactly what the outcome is whether it will destroy you or whether it will make you better upon your deen and the choice is upon you because you have the free will to do uh to make the choice after that thing afflicts you. So with with that, you have to take take um, into account that Allah is all knowing of what's going to happen, and Allah will know if you turn away from Him or if you turn to Him or if you plan to turn away from Him or turn to Him. And ter- you turning to Him, it will it will benefit you in a way that you can't imagine because you turning to Allah does not benefit Allah in any way. You know, Allah only seeks to lighten your burdens to make it easy upon you. You know, the hardship is a test from Allah and he, he will seek to make it easier upon you. Allah. Come on. Like, SubhanAllah. I don't yeah, know SubhanAllah. You got to keep talking though. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. How? I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Allah is your Lord and you have nothing mm-hmm. else to say? What did you just say before the episode started? I'm about to, I'm about to call you out. What? You what did said, I say? You, uh, you said something. Oh. Uh, what, what are you doing? You're not going to let me talk? Go ahead. <laughs> Didn't you, did you not here, say yeah. that when you're when you're talking about how can you not talk about the Quran when you're talking about life? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about life right now. So what are you talking about? I heck not. <laughs> yeah, see, I called you. I called you out. Caught him slipping. I mean, subhanallah. 
There's a um. Hold on. Where's there's a verse. It's in Surah Baqarah, I think. All right. Which verse is with the Baqarah? Let's go. It's it's talking obviously talking about hardship because that's the topic of the episode. We surely test you from something of hunger. And fear. I mean, there's that one, but there there was another one I was thinking of. Um, there was I can't I can't remember the, even the translation right now, but I know it's in, I, I believe in Surah Al-Baqarah. What are you thinking about? What what is it, the premise of it? That Allah like Allah will help you. Oh, Oh, you're talking about uh Masatum <laughs> Another translation, uh, hardship had had befallen them, and they were shaking until even so until the believers and the messenger that was with them said, "When is the help of where is the help of Allah?" And then indeed the help of Allah is near. What is your what are you talking about? See, I'll, yeah, see something like that is when I've I've had a situation where I was like, you know, like like Allah, I need you, like I need you now, mm-hmm. like I I can't wait no longer for your help, and. You have to understand that when you're when you when you call out to Allah in a in a manner like that, with a lot of passion, a lot of love, and a lot of fear for you know for your Lord, especially through what you're going through, you understand that you're going through this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Know that Allah hears you and Allah wants Allah wants to hear that. And uh, I think I think it's in hadith. Prophet said, like, call out to Allah because Allah, Allah is shy towards his um Towards the believers, he doesn't want to turn away. From, he doesn't want you to turn oh, away from him. In the Quran, it says, um, "What?" And your Lord says, "Call upon me, I will respond to you." Yeah, like Allah does not want to turn away your supplication. So you calling out to Him, especially when you like when you feel like that. That's what Allah wants because you incline towards Allah. You only incline towards Allah. Like you don't turn to your neighbor, you don't turn to your parents, you don't turn to your to your friend or whatever. Be like, "Yo, I need you, I need this and I need this." You don't like you don't turn to them. In, with something that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can provide you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you don't ask your neighbor for dinner. Like, come on, brother. <laughs> now, see, it'd be different if you were to call out for Allah's help and then they end up coming into your life or something and then they could help you. Mm-hmm. But see, if you turn to them before you turn to Allah, then like, what type of person are you? You you show your reliance upon other than Allah. Like, you have to have tawakkul in Allah. Like, the the reliance upon Allah, it, um, it lies heavy. It lies, it, it's a... It's a heavy burden to bear because it's you know it's not something easy something, to build. It's, a, it's something like it's not something it deals, easy it deals to with build, your faith. You know? It's like something you have to have you true yeah. iman for. Like the the Sahaba man, epitome of tawakkul. They gave their lives for Islam because they trusted in Allah and His promise. They feared Allah. Mm-hmm. You know, they relied upon Allah so much that their fear, you know, had them preparing for Ramadan months in advance. You know that type of stuff so that they could see Ramadan. But you know, uh, inshallah, with that being said, I was going to close out this episode. This brother looks so tired, bro. <laughs> Look at him. He looks like he's about to die. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, subhanAllah. That's going to close out this episode. Um, speaking of my struggle, mentioning the story of Prophet Ayyub Aisam. With that being said, you know, salam alaikum warahmatullah. Make sure you guys like this video, share it, <clears throat> subscribe, send this with your friends and family. You don't know whose life you can change by sending this video. We're still students of knowledge. We're not scholars. So we're open for correction. With that being said, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.